Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the glory of our God. Yeah, he's working it for your good. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Certainly we're glad to be here today, to be at New Mission. It's always good when we can come here and be able to share uh, with all of you, to Pastor Venice uh, in his absence. So grateful for him and the opportunity uh, to be able to stand and preach uh, before, we, before you. Can we celebrate Pastor Venice? Amen. Amen. We thank God. We thank God for him. Um, glad to have my mom with me. Hey, mommy. Yeah. Glad to have all of the presence of all these preachers and deacons and trustees and all that. Uh, let's get right into it. Go with me to the book of Job, chapter number one. <clears throat> Want to begin reading at verse number six. When you found it, once you say, I got it, if you're going to use the screen, you can do that. Reads this way. It says, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but do not harm him physically. So Satan left the presence of the Lord. Or so Satan left the, pres the Lord's presence. All right, and so we're going to skip to verse number 18. And it says, while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived. This news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all of your children are dead and I am the only one escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. Ah, that's enough, that's enough. For the time that is ours to share together, I wanna to preach using as a subject, I choose to worship. Father, even now, decrease me and impart your presence. Allow your Holy Spirit to move and work through me. Allow everything that we discussed in private to be now made public. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Ladies and gentlemen, um, I know like me, like many of you, uh, we've been watching the news. Um, last weekend, uh, there was a horrific tragedy uh, that took place somewhere on the outskirts of Missouri. It's a girl named uh, Tia Coleman who lost her whole entire family. Not only did she lose her entire family, she lost her in-laws and, and one of her uncle-in-laws. And I had a chance to look at the video, the news clip, uh, while she was in the hospital bed. I don't know if you saw it or not, but she had the oxygen around her, her nose and she was talking to the reporters and she was telling them what happened. She said that the, the waves had beat into the ship. And she said the boat was rocking backwards and forwards. And she said the storm came out of nowhere. And, and the captain told him, he said, listen, uh, y'all don't have to use your life jackets. Everything's going to be okay. And so the boat started to rock. And, and the boat suddenly went under. So when the boat went under, she said that she, was, she came up to the top somehow, some way. She said she didn't know. And she was looking around, and she was screaming. And so she swam to the, to the boat, and she was holding on, and her legs were heavy from the swimming. And she said that she don't know how she got up. She said, maybe it was an angel that pulled me up. But she was, she said, but I got in the boat. Uh, but they had told her that she had lost her entire family. Uh, you, you, you still don't understand. She lost her husband. She lost her, 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 her one-year-old baby. She, she lost her two children. She lost her whole entire household, and she was the one that was left. I, I, I saw a clip of the funeral uh, the other day, uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, and it's a picture of uh, Tia, and she has her hands lifted in worship. It, it, it startled me. I, I said to myself, I said, she lost everything. She lost her family. She, she lost relationships. She lost kinship. She lost everything. Her whole life was lost. And she had the nerve to lift her hands in worship. I, I, I'm sure Tia had the thought that if I can't say a word, I can just wave my hand because I have reflective things about what God has done for me that even though he's taken me through this tragedy, he still's been good to me because it could have been me dead and lost in the river, but God spared my life. And is there anybody here that when you think back over your life, there's some stuff that you know that it was nobody but God and you got to lift your hands and worship. You got to raise your hands and praise. You got to let God know, I thank you for keeping me this long. She lifts her hands in worship. Caskets aligned at the altar and she's on the edge of the seat on the mourner's bench and she lifts her hands in worship. If it was me, I, I, I would not be lifting my hands in worship. Gotta be honest with you, because I would be like, God, how could you take my family? How, how could you take my children? What kind of God would do this? I, I would have all kinds of questions. It would be hard for me to worship. But Tia gives us a great example of how in spite of all of the questions and the worries that she had, she made a conscious choice to lift her hand and worship. I, I want to invite you today uh, to our text. 
There's a man from the land of Uz who, who, has, who is wealthy. I, I mean, if he was in modern times, he'd have a whole lot of Bentleys and Rolls Royces and, and, and houses and cars and homes. Job was a rich, upright man. He, he served the Lord in, in a way that, that nobody else had ever served the Lord before. He, he, he was a man, essentially, after God's own heart. He, he, he was a true worshiper. He, he was so committed to God that even when, his, when he thought his kids were seeing, he would go and offer sacrifices for them just in case they would see. He said, listen, God, I don't want nothing to get in the way of me worshiping and serving you. And so we, 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 we see uh, where we pick up in our text in, in verse number uh, 6. It says that one day members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. Uh, uh, what this is a picture of is a picture of the spiritual realm. You, you, you got to see that they come into the heavenly court. Let, let me help. God is a spirit. All right, and in the spiritual realm, there are angels and cherubims and seraphims and all of those people around the throne of God. All right, and so they enter into the spiritual realm. And when uh, uh, God and the other angels were meeting, the Bible says that Satan, the accuser, came with them. Now, now we got to understand that uh, Satan has access to heaven because before he was ever Satan, before he was ever the accuser, before he was ever a demon, he used to be an angel. He used to be a cherubim. He used to lead the angels in worship and in praise, and he used to have this glow about him. He was beautiful. He was nice looking. He was a great looking angel, and he used to worship God. And so he still has access to go into the presence of God. So he came with them. And when they come into this court, this is where the, uh, the angels give an account for all the ministry that they've been doing on earth. Uh, well, I, I was doing this with such and such. I was doing that with such and such. I went to go do this because you sent me there. He was, this is where God dispatches angels and they come back and give an assignment, give their report about the assignment that's been given. So this is a picture of the spiritual realm. Go, go back to the first verse, uh, please, uh, verse number six. This is a picture of the spiritual realm, and the Bible says that Satan, the accuser, came with them, that, that, that he came in the presence with them. You go to the next verse now. Uh, it says, uh, the God asked Satan, where have you been? Where, where do you come from? The Lord, uh, Satan said, listen, I've been going to and fro. Some translations say, I've been patrolling the earth, watching, here it is, everything that's been going on. I, 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 I've been peeping in on them. I know what they're doing. I know what they're watching. I, I, I understand all of that. I, I've been patrolling. You, you know like a police officer does. He patrols the neighborhood looking to see if there's anybody that he needs to pull over or mess with. He's checking for expired tags and, and he's pulling black people over. And You know, uh, he was patrolling the earth realm. And, and while he was patrolling, he had his eye on a guy named Job. Hit me number eight. Uh, had a guy 
uh, had, had his eye on a, a buddy named Joe. And the Bible says, uh, Satan, have you noticed, have you considered, have you observed my servant Joe? Uh, you, you know he's, he's blameless and he's a man of complete integrity. He's all of that kind of stuff. He is a good man. You mean to tell me you've been patrolling the earth and you haven't looked or considered Joe? God, God is being funny because, you know, God is omniscient. He, he knows everything, right? Hit me on the next verse. And so uh, uh, Satan replied, uh, listen, uh, go back one, go back to eight. Uh, he said, listen. Listen, I, I, I've been checking out Job. I've been looking at Job, and, and you know, he's been worshiping you, and I know what he does. Go, he goes to the next verse, please. Uh, and he, I know what he does. He, he says, listen, and he has good reason to fear you. He, he got good reason to fear you because you protect him. You, you guide him. You, you do everything for him. You, you uh, in other words, put a wall of protection around him. Grandma Bible say he's put a hedge fence of protection around Job. All right, uh, let me help you. He, he puts a protection fence around Job and his stuff and his property and all the stuff that Job had. God gives Job divine protection, all right? Uh, what is divine protection? Divine protection is that when you look back over your life and you look where God has brought you from and you see all the stuff he's covered you through, all the stuff he's brought you out of without even letting you know that he brought you out of all the calamity that could have struck all the danger that could have came all the sickness that should have came your way you still ain't get it you was hanging out with somebody that had a disease that you did not catch because God had a hair string of protection around your body you was in a situation where you should have lost your mind but God had a hair string of protection around your mind is there anybody here that can give God praise because you know God has put a hair of protection around you and shielded you and kept you from danger seen and unseen. So he puts a hedge fence of protection, a wall of protection, a secure, a spiritual security system around Job. That, 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 that he allows the enemy to see Job, but he does not allow the enemy to get to Job. All right? I, I was watching a video the other day of a lion uh, at the zoo, and, and there was a thick glass wall uh, between the lion and the people, and the little boy was hanging out on the window, and the lion got into pounce form. Uh, and he went to go and attack the little boy. But when he went to attack the little boy, he ran into the glass. And, and he went back and sat down. And everybody looked up because they heard the thump. And that's what a picture of what the enemy does when he's trying to attack you and try to get to you and try to have access to you. He runs into that wall of protection when he tries to touch your stuff. He runs into the wall of protection when he tries to touch your car. He runs into the wall of protection when he 
tries to touch your family, he runs into the wall of protection because God put a hedge fist of protection all around you. Can you give God praise for the hedge fist of protection that's been keeping you, that's been blocking you, that's been holding the enemy back when he wanted to get to you? He couldn't because God covered you with a hedge fist of protection. He can't get to you. He can't get to you. So Satan said, listen, you, you've been protecting him. You, you've been keeping him. You've been making him rich. You've been doing all of this kinds of stuff. Uh, and so uh, the only reason that he does that, the only reason that he worships you is because you provide stuff for him. That you, that you give him, that you give him camels and oak oxen and you give him all of this stuff. If you would take the stuff away, he wouldn't worship you the way that he does. He, he would curse you to your face because Satan said, from, from, my, from my vantage point, from, from my perception, everybody else does it, so would Job. That, that they would curse you. To your faith. You know how many people God that's then cursed you? Job, Job surely would do the same thing. And so God said, all right, they're, they're in the spiritual realm. Uh, 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 listen, all right, you may test him. The Lord said, but do whatever you want to what he possesses, but you cannot harm him. All right. What, what we see here is God's divine permission. Because uh, he gives the enemy some power. He, he gives him access to his power, but he limits what he can do within the works of his power. And so any time permission is given, there is submission that has to take place. Because when permission is given, you're only able to work within the realms of the permission that's been given. And so God says, okay, Joe, I'm going to give you permission. I'm going to give you permission to touch some of his stuff. I'm going to give you permission to do that. But whatever you do, you cannot physically harm him. Uh, all right. When, when I was younger, uh, my mama used to have to sign permission slips for me to go to uh, field trips. And they would uh, have the authority to uh, help me medically if something were to happen. Uh, but they could only go so far uh, until she got there. And so what happened is that God gave the enemy permission. And so he says, you can only go so far. You can only do so much. And so, but the enemy is so clever. He's so wise. He, he, he takes on a full attack that works within the, the, the parameters of his assignment. Because the enemy's assignment is to steal, kill, and destroy. So the enemy uh, killed his family. He stole his stuff and he destroyed his property. And, and so God... God gave him permission to do that. And I want to hang out here for a little bit because a lot of us wonder why the enemy is attacking us. Have we ever considered that God has given the enemy permission to touch your stuff, to touch your family, to touch your things, to go into your private life and to shake up some areas and to put his hands on some stuff? God has given permission to the enemy to have access to you, but he's limited him because he gave him divine permission yes. says yes, you got my divine permission to touch stuff but 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 whatever you do don't harm him physically 
He says, listen, uh, you can touch his mind. Don't touch his body. You, you, can, you can touch his kids, but don't touch him because God recognizes that, listen, Job's heart is not connected to the stuff. You, you can take the stuff, you can take the car, you can repossess the home, but I still will worship God because I understand where my help comes from. Is there anybody here that can give God a praise because you know where your help come from, because you know where your stuff come from, that even if he takes it away, I'll still praise him. And even if he strips me of it, I'll still give him glory from the rising of the sun to the going down of the sun. I'll worship him in spite of, I'll worship him when I'm broke. I'll worship him when I catch the bus. I'll worship him when I don't understand. I'll choose to worship Give him divine permission gives him access to his stuff allows him to touch his stuff you you know how we are about our stuff you you mean to tell me he can touch my car he, he can touch my kids. He, he's touching his, his stuff. But, but in the context of this permission, he, he says, listen, you can put him in an accident and destroy the car, but he got to walk away. <laughs> you, you can give him cancer, but he going to be healed. You, you can give him HIV, but he's going to be delivered. He, he, he says, yeah, you can uh, touch the stuff. I got it. You can touch the stuff. You can touch the stuff. But you can't touch him. And that's all I want to tell you today is that, that the, even though the enemy's been touching your stuff, he can't touch you. <laughs> Y'all should have shouted right there. He can't touch you. He can't put his hands on you. He can't put his hands on you. He can't touch you. <laughs> because when I live in God's divine permission, he still has hair fences around me, <laughs> keeping me from the, the aim, from the enemy, from, from danger seen and unseen. Hit me with the next verse. So we skip past the verse number 18. So, so what happened right before this is that once God gave the enemy permission, he, he began to maximize what God had given him to do. But the enemy teaches us something, that, that when God gives you permission, you got to make the best out of what he gave you permission over. That's why when God puts you in situations that you don't understand, you got to learn how to get through it and you got to navigate and you got to learn how to roll through it because there's somebody waiting on, on your position that you went into that's going to go through the same storm that you went through, that's going to go through the same thing that you went through, and they got to understand how to come out of it. Yeah, so, so the enemy teaches us how to maximize permission. 
So, so he says, while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived. Said your sons and daughters were, were feeding or hanging out uh, in their oldest brother's home. And uh, uh, suddenly a powerful wind came. Swept for, came from the wilderness. And on all sides, the house collapsed. All your children are dead. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Wow, that, that, that the messenger came and said, listen, everybody that you know is dead, but I'm the only one that escaped to tell you. Now, it gets good here because I had a question, because I got a dilemma. Uh, all of his children are dead, right? His home is gone. His oxen are gone, but God left him something to reproduce with. <laughs> notice, notice uh, when we read the book of Job, his wife never dies. God. Uh, his, his wife never dies. His wife is in the background and she's influenced by the enemy and she's talking to Job, but nothing never happens to her. Uh, God leaves Job something to reproduce with. And can I tell you that I don't care what your situation looks like, God has left something for you to reproduce with. He's left you just enough to get through. He's left you just enough to get by. He's left you something to reproduce with. Uh, uh, that, that you got something left. Uh. That, that he connects and assigns something to you in covenant. That even though they may be acting like the devil, they still got to bless you. That, that even though they, 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 they want to walk out on you, they got to stay with you. Because God connected them to you in a way that they have to do what God commanded them to do. And so his wife never died. Now, wife never died. Said, the servant said, listen, I'm the only one uh, that's here uh, to tell you that everybody's gone. Uh, and so here we see God's sovereign omnipotence. All right, let me help you. Um, sovereignty is that God sits on the throne, right? That, that no matter what happens, he's God. That, that whether hell or high water comes, he's still God. No matter if trouble comes, he's still God. No matter if your loved ones walk out on you, he's still God. No matter if your boyfriend leaves you, he's still God. No matter if your husband leaves you, he's still God. If your job lets you go tomorrow, he's still God. And so he sits on the throne huh, in a powerful position. But then we see God's omnipotence because omnipotence is where uh, his all power is. That, that in the context of his sovereign omnipotence, he has all power and everything in control. And so when you connect sovereignty and omnipotence together, you see how his kingship works with his power. That even when he gives enemy permission, he can amend the permission that he gave him. God, let me help you. And so you may be in a situation, but can I tell you that God's getting ready to amend mean some stuff. He's getting ready to fix some stuff. He's getting ready to work some stuff out. That he sits on the throne. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He, he has all power in his hands. He said, listen, I'm the only one uh, to tell you this. But, but watch what Job does. Hit me with the next verse and we're going to get out says that Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, then shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. Now, Job 
just lost his family. Job just lost everything that he had. He went from rich dad to poor dad. From broke, from rich man to, to, to broke man. He's, he's broke. Not only is he broke financially, he's broke emotionally. Job is in a strenuous emotional situation where he's tore up from the floor up. And Job says, I know that I'm broken. I, I know that I've been suffering with a little bit of depression. I know that I don't understand. I know uh, what's going on. But Job does something that's a game changer. Job transitions his, his feeling of what happened. Let me help you. Uh, Job, uh, Job fell to the ground and worshiped. The only way that we can worship is in spirit and in truth. And so Job said, listen, I understand this happened in the heavenlies. I, I get that this was happening in the heavens. This happened in the spiritual realm. And so for me to have access to change or to deal with what happened, I had to transition from the way that I look at it naturally and get in the spiritual realm. And so Job said, let me go and worship. He said, let me get in the presence of God. Let me get to his throne. Let me lift my hands right there and worship. Worship our God. So, so Joseph, I mean Joseph, sorry, Job fell to the ground to worship. You, you, you still ain't got it. Uh, that, that he, 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 he don't have nothing. So Job decides, listen, I ain't got nothing, but I choose to worship. He, he, he raises his hand, broke, lost his family lost everything that he had and said I choose to worship I don't understand but I choose to worship I don't get it but I choose to worship they walked out on me but I choose to work I choose to worship is there anybody here that can just think about where God has brought you from don't praise worship because you got to go into the spiritual realm you got to deal in the spiritual realm because when you get in the spiritual realm things start to shift so Job said I understand that I'm a spiritual being having a natural experience. <laughs> so, so in order for me to deal with what happened, I got to first go to where the problem was created. So he went to where Satan was, right? He went to where the angels was. He went to the presence of God and said, God, I don't know. I don't understand. But I'm worshiping you. I'm giving you glory. I'm giving you honor. Uh, and you know how Job worshiped. After he did that, he fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, blessed be the name of our God. <laughs> uh, 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 he said, I came from the womb naked. I, 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 I came from there. I ain't going to leave with nothing. But blessed be the name of our God. That no matter what, I'm going to praise. That no matter who, I'm going to praise him in spite of my circumstance. But can I tell you the one last thing and I'm out of here. Job had a messenger that came to him. The text says that the messenger said, I'm the only one left. Can I tell you that you're the only one left? God, <laughs> I wish I had a church. You're the only one left. Let me help you. He lost his family. He lost his children. He lost his sons. He lost his bloodline. But God said, Job, you're the one left. Can I tell you, you're the one left? That you should have been dead, but you're the one left. 
You should have lost your mind, but you're the one left. They walked out on you, but you're the one left. They already died, but you're the one left. You're still here. Is there anybody here that can give God a praise? Because you know you're still here. Stand to your feet. Open up your mouth and throw your head back and tell God, thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping my mind. Thank you for keeping my mind. Thank you for keeping my body. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. I'm the one left. I'm the one left. I'm the one left. You're the one left. I, I don't want you to stop praising yet. I, I want you to keep praising because you got to know that you are still here. You are still covered by the grace of God. That it was nobody but God pulling you through. This what this what it looks like when God is for you. You are still here. Uh, you're still here. You're still here. That's why David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, let's do it 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 together. Come on, let's praise them together. Come on, let's praise them together. When you pray, everything that you're dealing with got to shift. Let's do it together. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. God is worthy. God is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. From the rising of the sun, he's worthy. Hallelujah. So you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice right here to worship. I know what it looks like, but worship. I know what it feels like, but worship. I know you don't understand, but worship because worship connects you to God. That's where your strength is, is in worship. You're right there. Because, because uh, Job said that even though the situation is not going to change, I'm still going to worship. That, that, that's how I'm going to get through it. Because what happened cannot be undone. But I can go to another level in him. And so I made a choice to worship. I choose to worship. I choose to worship. So if you're here today, if you're here today, if you're here today and you're like Job, you're going through a situation that you don't want nobody to know about, but, but you want to get to another place of God, meet me at the altar. I'm going to pray with you. Meet me at the altar. Come on, let's come. We're going to go together. I'm coming to the altar right now. Come, come, I'll pray with you. Come from wherever you are. Meet me at the altar because Job recognized. Said, listen, the only way that I'm going to get to, to where I need to be is I got to go through the door of worship. I got to go to his presence. That, that I got to get to where he is. That, that me sitting where I'm at is not going to change nothing. Because the devil been beating you up where you at. But when you come to this altar, you let the devil know I choose to worship. I choose to worship. I choose where everybody stands. Said I choose to worship. 
still coming. I, 